I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 37, 38, and 39 of Allegiant. So where we left off, we got our first gay character, Yas Queen. Triss and Four seemingly got back together. I, I wasn't aware that they were broken up, but they're back together. And I think they're getting on the same page with pulling that bureau apart right at the seams from within the inside. So that'll be exciting, maybe. Let's pick up with chapter 37. It's a Triss POV. And she's heading to David's office for her first council meeting because now she's on the council or she's like a trainee. I think they've got Triss as a trainee to be on the promotion track to become a council member. What a ridiculous plot point. I didn't know we'd be getting succession on Allegiant. Like, what, we're, we're doing a West Wing thing where she's, she's on the council? What's going on? So David's like, oh, hi, Triss, you're eager. Eager little beaver, you're right on time. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And she feels a rush because apparently off, off camera, you know, before we picked up this scene, she was with Kara and Caleb and Matthew and they were testing a powerful truth serum on her. A truth serum that even GPs as semi-resistant might not be immune to. Wait, what the fuck? Okay, let's, let's break that down. They're trying to develop a powerful truth serum, one that even GPs as serum resistant as I am are not immune to. Okay, we're back on truth serums. I... I don't know what the link is between being a GP and being resistant to truth serums. I thought she was different. She's more resistant to serums. I don't understand. Okay. She says, yeah, I'm eager to help David. Let's, let's do it. And she says, you look tired, which is just so rude. You never tell someone that they look tired. That's like the worst thing you can say to someone. I'd rather be called fat and disgusting than be told that I look tired. And he's like, yeah, I am tired actually. And she starts pushing him around the airport because they're going to a council meeting. And she's like, oh yeah, what, what, what are you worried about? And he's like, oh, some crisis. I was dealing with a crisis all night. And she says, what's the crisis? And he says, oh, you'll find out soon enough. Let's not rush it. I hate this David guy. I hate people who are like dropping hints, being like, oh, this big crisis. It's like vague booking, you know? And it's like, just tell me what the fucking crisis is. So don't say anything. He's dropping little hints to seem mysterious. He's like, oh, big crisis. I've been worried about Triss. (laughs) You'll find out eventually. Can't say it right now. Even though, yeah, she's going to find out in like five minutes when she gets to the meeting room. So what's stopping you from just mentioning it now, David? Would it kill you to repeat yourself? Like, come on. She says they navigate through the dim hallways of Terminal 5. 
as it's labeled, and even David's commenting on the label of the hallway. He's like, oh, it's Terminal 5. It's an old name. Like, yeah, you're in a fucking airport. I know you're in terminals. Why is he commenting on things as if he's looking at it through fresh eyes? We're, uh, we're in Terminal 5. And actually, I feel like that's a lot of terminals for an airport. Is that a lot? Chicago airport must have been a hub because most airports I go to only have like three terminals. So uh, the big five from Chicago, at least. But then she says the terminal has no windows, no hint of the outside world. Uh, What? I've never seen an airport terminal without windows. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Let's just keep going. Okay. So she can feel the paranoia emanating from the walls. Like the terminal itself is terrified of unfamiliar eyes. What? And then she's looking at David's fingernails and his fingernails are all bitten and jagged. And she's like, oh, he must've been stressed about that crisis that he won't talk about. But then she projects and she's like, well, maybe it's David's memories of the attack that are doing this to him. Like as if he's guilty that he organized the attack on abnegation. And like, no, I don't think he is guilty, Del. I don't even think he's given that a second thought. So they get into the council room The majority of the people in there are David's age, but there's some younger people like Zoe. So Zoe flashes Triss a little smile. So I think Zoe's an intern as well. She's on the trainee track. So she goes and sits down next to Zoe. They're like sitting on the side of the room. They're not at the table with all of the important people. And she says, oh, that'll be fine. I'm okay with that. It'll be easier to doze off if things get boring. What? Are you meant to be like a spy right now? You just made a resolution to try and tear this place apart. And you're like, oh, I'm in the secret council room. I'm learning how things are done. I might fall asleep. What? And then she says, although I might not fall asleep because if they talk about this crisis that David mentioned, that might be interesting. Why is she having this inner monologue about whether or not she'll fall asleep? What, what, what purpose is that? Just David's going to bring up the crisis in like three seconds. Uh, and straight away, David says, Last night, I received a frantic call from the people in our control room. Evidently, Chicago is about to erupt into violence again. Yet we already know this. So we knew what the crisis was before Tris knew what the crisis was because we were with Four when he was in the control room watching the Allegiant rise up and take over that weapon storage. Is that all David's talking about? He was acting all coy, like he's got some top secret intel. Bitch, we know. I'm all across it. Oh, actually, okay, there is a little twist. He says, what... They don't know, as in what the Allegiant don't know, is that Evelyn Johnson has discovered a new weapon. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Stores of death serum kept hidden in erudite headquarters. Okay. And then he fills us in. As we all know, I'm just saying this, you know, for no one's benefit, whoever's reading this at home, as we all in the room know, no one is capable of resisting death serum, not even the divergent. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that reminder. If the Allegiant attack the factionless government and Evelyn Johnson retaliates, the casualties will be obviously catastrophic, he says, obviously. How much death serum were they stocking in Erudite? Maybe this is why we shouldn't have death serum. And like, I don't want to get all gun controly, guys, but they have guns. Evelyn's got guns. We've already seen a whole faction be decimated and killed with guns. So just because she's got a death serum, like, oh, now she can suddenly kill people. She could have killed people. If she wanted to kill all of the Allegiant, she could very well have done that. They're acting like, oh, now that she can access death serum, oh, now she's dangerous. She's been dangerous the whole time, guys. And so everyone in the room's like, oh my God, death serum, blah, 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 blah. 
And he says, yeah, I know. The experiments are already in danger of being shut down. If we can't prove to our superiors that we are capable of controlling them, another revolution in Chicago would only cement their belief, there as in the government, I guess, will cement their belief that this endeavor has outlived its usefulness, something we cannot allow to happen if we want to continue to fight genetic damage. Give it, give it up. At this point, give it up. And, and like, do you not just expect that this would always happen? They want to remove genetic damage, right? Because apparently people who are genetically damaged are prone to fighting. And so then they put a bunch of genetically damaged people in a city, lock them up, and then they start fighting and they're like shocked by that. It's like, none of that makes sense. And Triss is like believing David. She's like, oh yeah, he's not going to let this happen. He's going to put a stop to this. And she's a little nervous about that. And he says, it's time to use the memory serum virus for a mass reset. Oh God, a memory serum. Oh, let's solve our serum problem with another serum. Are you shitting me? And he says, and I think we should use it against all four experiments, meaning I guess three other cities as well as Chicago. And Tris, even though it's her, her, her first day at a council, she's piping up. She's like, oh, oh, what? Reset them, she says from the corner of the room. And everyone's like, who's this bitch? And David says, yeah, reset them. Resetting is our word for widespread memory erasure. It's what we do when the experiments that incorporate behavioral modification are in danger of falling apart. He's like, yeah, we do it all the time. We did it when we first created each experiment. The last time it was done in Chicago was a few generations before yours. And he says, why did you think there was so much physical devastation in the factionless sector? There was an uprising and we had to quell it as cleanly as possible. So what he's saying is, there was another uprising a few generations ago with the factionless and that uprising caused all this damage to the factionless sector. And then they put a stop to it with the memory serum. I don't know why they were so slow to act uh, because the evidence of the damage suggests that they, they let the uprising go for quite some time. I don't know, but he's like, see, there's all the proof that you need. And she's like, oh my God, I remember the factionless sector. It's trashed. She's like, I always just thought it was trashed because the factionless are trash. She's like, I didn't realize there was an uprising I didn't know about because everyone's minds were wiped, whatever. So she is pissed off. She says, I feel sick with anger that they want to stop a revolution, not to save lives, but to save their precious experiment would be enough. But why do they believe they have the right to rip people's memories, their identities out of their heads just because it's convenient for them? So she's more annoyed that they're going to reset their memories. It's like, well, would you rather they get killed, Tris? I think she'd rather that they all get killed with the death serum. And yeah, we can get into like philosophical debates being like, you know, if your memories are wiped, does that mean you are who you are? Is that like the death of you as a person without a memory? All that crap. But like, come on, it's different, right? It's different being dead to having your memory wiped. I wouldn't be happy having either done to me, but she is just really wrangled by the memory wipe. And she says, but of course to them, the people in our city are just containers of genetic material, just GDs valuable for the corrected genes they pass on and not for the brains in their heads or their hearts in their chests. Wait, I don't think the GDs are valuable for the corrected genes that they pass on. The, the whole purpose of the experiment is to stop the passing on of those corrected genes. Uh, uh, corrected being impure. Because remember, the ones with the corrected genes are actually the ones that are damaged. And they're trying to get people without damaged genes. So I don't, I don't know. She's confused. I'm confused. We're all fucking confused. 
And so one of the council members says, all right, well, when are we going to wipe all their memories? And David says, within the next 48 hours. Why not now? What? Are we just hoping that the uprising pauses for 48 hours? But everyone in the room's like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. That's sensible. And then Tris remembers what David said earlier. If we are going to win this fight against genetic damage, we will need to make sacrifices. And she's like, oh, I should have known. I should have known that this is the sacrifice he was talking about. That he would gladly trade thousands of GD memories, lives, for control of the experiments. She says they're damaged after all. And that's the end of the chapter. So then we go to chapter 38, which is the Tobias POV. And he's doing up his shoes. All right, well, that's a thrilling start to the chapter. I prop up my shoe on the edge of Triss's bed and tighten the laces. Oh, well, I'm thrilled. And then he's looking out the window and he's looking at a bunch of planes parked on the landing strip. This is a fully functioning airport. I didn't really twig that it was fully functioning. I know she went up on a joyride, but that was like a beat up old plane that didn't seem like it was in good nick. And I thought maybe that was just like one of the only ones in operation, but no, he's looking at a bunch of planes and a bunch of GDs in green suits walking around the planes, checking them before takeoff. Okay, so that's interesting. And then he makes some small talk with Kara And he's like, oh, hey, Kara, what's going on with you and Matthew and your little project with the truth serum? And she's brushing her hair. Okay, so Tobias is doing up his shoes and she's brushing her hair. Uh, Amazing, captivating stuff. And she's like, well, it's not going that well for. Triss was immune to the new version of the serum we created. Okay, so they're failing at creating a serum that people are resistant to when they're genetically pure or divergent or superpowered like Triss. I can't say I'm shocked. Like. If anyone's going to produce the truth serum that is effective against genetically pure people, why would it be just this one girl and her friend in an airport fiddling around without like the proper access to like, I don't know, a lab? I don't know. What are the mechanics of them creating this truth serum? How are they doing this? And Kara says, it's very strange that a person's genes would make them so resistant to mind manipulation of any kind. Yeah, it is. It is fucking crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And Tobias says, well, maybe it's some kind of superhuman stubbornness. And I'm I'm actually more inclined to believe that theory. And Kara's like, oh, are we at the insult part of the breakup? Oh my God. And okay. Oh, this is so awkward. So Kara thinks that Four and Triss are still broken up, even though they got back together and were never really broken up in the first place. But anyway, So she's doing that thing where you think they're broken up and you start shit talking the quote unquote ex when really they're still together. And she's like, oh, good. I've got in a lot of practice with shit talking Triss after what happened to Will. I have several choice things to say about her nose. Remember, because apparently Triss has a big old beak on her face. She's got a big nose or something. And Kara made a few shots at Triss's nose, I think back in Insurgent. I can't quite remember. But anyway, so Triss has a big old beak of a nose and Kara starts making fun of her. She's like, oh, now that you've broken up with old Big Bird, I can make fun of a beak. And he says, um, we didn't break up, but it's nice to know you have such warm feeling for my girlfriend. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, oh my God. Oh, whoops. I can't believe I did that. She says, I don't know why I jumped to that conclusion. Silly me. And she says, yeah, my, my feelings towards your girlfriend are mixed. Yes. Um, but for the most part, I have a lot of respect for her and she's trying to backpedal. And it's like, well, she killed your brother. Like you don't have to explain why you don't like the girl. She killed your brother. 
And Four's like, just kidding. I don't really care. But like, what's wrong with her nose? And she's like, well, it's a big old beak. And then Triss enters the room, nose first. And she's all agitated. And he's like, oh my God, what's wrong? What happened? And she says, oh, it was a council meeting. And then she just sits down. And they're like, uh, are you going to maybe like say anything else? And so Kara says, what happened, doll? And Triss says, well, the council has made plans, big ones. Can you spit it out, Triss? And so then she does tell them about the plan to memory wipe the experiment. And then Four's looking out the window at the planes and he says, oh, look at those planes perched on the runway, gleaming and poised for flight in less than two days. Those planes will probably drop the memory serum virus over the experiments. I don't know where he got that from, but he's just assuming that the memory virus is going to be released airborne with the planes. Is that the most economical way to do that? Like they can poison the water supply. Amity do that all the time with their happy juice. So I, I, I don't know why we need to bring planes into it. I guess because they're at an airport. Hey, when you've got a tool, you use it. And Kara says to Triss, what do you intend to do about it? And Triss says, I don't know. I feel like I don't know what's right anymore. And so then Tobias stops looking at the planes and he's looking at the two of them and he's like, well, they're more similar than they know. And then they sit there in silence while he's staring at them. Eventually, Four has a thought and he says, they can't do this. They can't erase everyone. They shouldn't have the power to do that. And he says, all I can think is that this would be so much easier if we were dealing with a completely different set of people who could actually see reason, then we might be able to find a balance between protecting the experiments and opening themselves up to other possibilities. And Kara says, yeah, maybe we should import a new group of scientists and discard the old ones. What the hell are they talking about? They're clearly just talking nonsense for Triss to now have a brainwave realization spurred on by their words. Because now she goes, why? When she touches a hand to her forehead and she says, Oh, I've got it, guys. We don't even need to do that. We don't actually need to import a new group of scientists and discard the old ones. As if that was an actual plan, Tris. Kara was joking. And she's like, put a hold on that, Kara. Stop putting in that order for new scientists. It's no longer necessary. As if Kara was being serious. I don't know. And she goes, I've got it. The answer is memory serum. Let's fight serum with serum with serum. Okay, she says, Alan and Matthew came up with a way to make the serums behave like viruses so they could spread through an entire population without injecting everyone. She says, but we could reset them. She says, reset the Bureau and reprogram them without the propaganda, without the disdain for GDs. Then they'll never risk the memories of the people in the experiments again. The danger will be gone forever. Okay, so she wants... She's so angry about erasing people's memories. She wants to solve that by erasing people's memories. What a hypocrite. Uh, is, this, is this the way the plot's going? Three books and we're leading up to her releasing a memory serum on scientists to stop the experiments instead of just stopping the experiment. Uh, this feels like a letdown. I would have preferred if we became rebels like Nita. We finally got an exciting little character, Neats with the receipts. She was planning a coup. We had Tobias involved in the coup. And then that failed. We locked them up. And now we're planning to wipe people's memories. Oh, it makes me miss Neats with the receipts. And Kara says, wouldn't erasing their memories just also erase their knowledge, thus rendering them useless? And Tris says, I don't know. 
I think there's a way to target memories, depending on where the knowledge is stored in the brain. Otherwise, the first faction members wouldn't have known how to speak or to tie their shoes or anything. Oh, maybe that's why we started the chapter with Tobias tying his shoe. Just so we would be reminded of the act of tying a shoe. So when she used it as an example, we'd be like, oh yeah, tying shoes. Yeah, totally. So she says, yeah, there must be a way to manipulate the serum to only affect certain parts of the brain. When did she become a neuroscientist? I don't know. But she's sticking with this plan and she's like, let's get Matthew on board because he'll know about the different sides of the brain. He'll know how to target the brain, but leave the hippocampus alone or the medulla oblongata or all those brain things. I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But neither does she. And so four says what I've been thinking. He says, hey, Tris, do you really want to erase the memories of a whole population against their will? That's the same thing they're planning to do to our family and friends. And she's like, yeah, I do actually. These people have no regard for human life. They're about to wipe the memories of all our friends and neighbors. They're responsible for the deaths of a large majority of our old faction. And then she's like, yeah, I think they're lucky I'm not going to kill them. (sighs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. But you just said that wiping someone's memory is worse than killing them. And now she's like, they're lucky I'm not killing them. First, there was no difference. Now there's a difference. Do you see how just her, her mental state changes from chapter to chapter? All her thoughts, all her opinions, they change on a whim. Okay, so that's the end of that chapter. Now we'll go to chapter 39, where Tris will probably change her mind again about something. And they're with Matthew and he's explaining that the serum doesn't erase all of a person's knowledge. 
And he says, do you really think we design a serum that makes people forget how to speak or walk? (laughs) No, it targets explicit memories like your name, where you grew up, your first teacher's name, and leaves implicit memories like how to speak or tie your shoes. Oh, tie your shoes. Again with the tying of the shoes. We get it. We get it. So it leaves the implicit memories like tying your shoes untouched. I'm just going to have to take his word for it because I don't know if that's realistic or not. It feels like it's not realistic, but I'm just going to go with it. And so then Matthew and Kara just talk about that for a fair bit. And he says, inevitably, some important memories will be lost. But if we have a record of people's scientific discoveries or histories, they can relearn them in the hazy period after their memories are erased. People are very pliable then. Yeah, of course, people are going to forget things. I don't really know how the serum differentiates between implicit and explicit. Is the memory serum following a rule book? What? But Matthew's just like, yeah, people will forget shit, but then we can just teach them stuff because they're pliable. I don't know if that's how it works, but okay. I also don't know how they're going to control this virus so it doesn't affect any of them. I also thought like maybe the memory serum wouldn't work on genetically pure people, but it does. So only the death serum works on genetically pure people. Is that right? Ugh. So Kara's like, explain that. How are we going to teach these people and program them with new memories? And Matthew's like, oh, we just got to, yeah, sit them down and give them like a history class. One that teaches facts rather than propaganda. What? And Tris goes, yeah, we'll just show them the Fringes slideshow to supplement a basic history lesson. They have photographs of a war caused by GPs. And Matthew's like, great, that'll do it. What? So then they're going to go to have a a fucking PowerPoint presentation. They're going to wipe their memories, sit them down, make them look at a PowerPoint, and then that's going to fix everything. What the hell is this book? Then Matthew says, big problem, buco problemo. He says, the memory serum virus is in the weapons lab, the one that meets with the receipts she tried and failed to get into. And Four's like, all right, well, we better talk to Neats. He says, given this new plan, we should talk to Nita instead. And Tris is like, you're right. Let's go find out where she went wrong. So Nita failed to get into the weapons lab. And now that they need to get into the weapons lab, they're like, who, who should we talk to but Nita? The person who could not get into the weapons lab. Oh, she's an expert in the field at not getting into the weapons lab. Why don't they go talk to someone else who can get them into the weapons lab? Nita can't. So then they walk towards, I don't know, the prison. And Tris says to Fort, what's wrong? You've barely said anything. And he goes, well, you know what? I actually am not that sure that this is the right thing to do. They want to erase our friend's memory, so we decide to erase theirs. Like, it don't make no sense. And she says, well, Tobias, we have 48 hours to stop them. If you can think of any other idea, anything else that could save our city, I'm open to it. Why do we need to save the city? I'm still unclear on the purpose here. So we, as a reader, we're meant to want the experiment to continue? Because that seems to be the aim of the Bureau and Triss. Or at least the Allegiant. The Allegiant want the experiment to continue because they love the faction system. And Triss wants it to continue with them having their memories and not dying. But she still wants them to be locked up in the city being lied to. It just seems like an odd thing for us to want to root for. And Four's like, I can't think of any other plans. But we're acting out of desperation to save something that's important to us, just like the Bureau is. What's the difference? Thank you, Four. You're speaking my language. And Triss just says, well, the difference is what's right. The people in the city are, as a whole, innocent, whereas the people in the Bureau who supplied Janine with the attack simulation are not innocent. And I don't really know if I'm buying that. She can just like lump the city in as a whole as being innocent, but then she lumps 
the whole of the Bureau was guilty just because of David's actions. And Tris is like, look, it's not perfect, but it's two bad options. You've got to pick the best one. And he's like, okay. Oh, okay. So they're going to the hospital, not to prison. Apparently Nate's with the receipts is still locked up in the hospital. She's under a guard there because I guess she's still getting care. Okay. On the way to the hospital, they run into Christina and she's all in a tears. And she's like, oh my God, guys, guys, the doctor says Uriah's not going to wake up. Something about no brain waves. So he's lost both his implicit and explicit memories, unfortunately. And so they're like, oh my God, Uriah, he's on his way out. Oh, how devastating. Christina says they were going to take him off life support right away, but she pleaded with them. And the doctor said he would give her four days so that she can tell his family. Okay, four days. Wait, his family are in the experiment. Why would the doctor be like, oh, okay, yeah. Just go into the experiment, ruin the experiment for his family by telling them the truth, and then make sure they stay in that locked up city knowing that their son died on the outside. And don't ask any questions while you come back to the bureau. No way. And I think the doctor actually just said that because he knows that their memories are going to be wiped in 48 hours. That's why he gave them four days instead of two. But that wouldn't stop Christina from going into the city to try and find the parents. I don't know what the doctor's game plan is here. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And Tris says, Zeke is still in the city and so is their dauntless mother. It never occurred to me before that they don't know what happened to him and we never bothered to tell them because we were all so focused on everything else. Again with the her not realizing shit, like of course they don't know what's happened to Zeke. They're in a locked up city. And then she's like, oh my God, guys, 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 they're going to reset the city in 48 hours. So if we can't stop them, that means Zeke and his mother will forget him. Yeah, they'll forget everyone, Tris. That's the purpose of the memory serum. I don't know why this has changed anything, but apparently Uriah dying has just changed everything for them and added so much urgency to stopping the memory serum from spreading, even though they were gonna stop it anyway. And she's like, oh no, they'll forget him before they have a chance to say goodbye to him. It will be like he never existed. Yeah, they'll forget everything, Tris but he will have still existed. I don't get this girl. And then Christina, she's a bit like, uh, you buried the lead, Tris. She's like, wait, what? They're wiping everyone's memories? She goes, my family's in there, Tris. They can't reset them. How how is that possible? And then Peter pops up out of nowhere. (laughs) Where the fuck's Peter been? He goes, actually, it would be pretty easy to reset people's memories. And Tris is like, where the fuck did you come from? And he says, I was just visiting Uriah. Is there a law against that? And then she's really mad. She says, you didn't even care about him. What right do you have to visit him? And Christina's like, Tris, relax. She's like, Tris, this isn't the time and the place. We just found out that people's memories are going to be wiped in 48 hours. And we've only been given 96 hours to tell his family. So do the math. We got to get to Stepan. So then Tobias comes up with an idea. God, get this. Ah, he says, maybe we should inoculate people against the memory serum. We'll go in, inoculate Uriah's family just in case, then take them back to the compound to say goodbye to him. We have to do it tomorrow though, or we'll be too late. And Christina, you can also inoculate your family too. And he says, I should be the one who tells Zeke and Hannah anyway. Okay, so now they're gonna go in to the city and inoculate 
Uriah's family, just so they can tell Uriah's family that Uriah's dead. Maybe they'd prefer not to know. Maybe it would be a kindness to let their memory be wiped instead of dealing with the grief. I don't know. And so then they're also going to inoculate Christina's family. So we're not just going to inoculate the whole city. Isn't it all a moot point if they're going to try and stop the memory serum virus anyway? So they're just wasting time with the inoculations. And if inoculations exist, do they not just think that maybe all of the scientists that they're trying to dope up with the memory serum virus have already inoculated themselves against it? It's honestly the most ridiculous book I've ever read. And then Peter volunteers and he's like, okay, well, I'll come too. Unless you want me to tell David what you guys are planning. And they're all like, oh my God, Peter. They're like, this guy is an asshole. And Tris thinks, I don't know what Peter wants with a journey into the city, but it can't be good. But at the same time, we can't afford for David to find out what we're doing. Why? Just wipe his memory. Who cares? And then they're like, okay, fine, Peter. Come to the city with us to inoculate a few people. And then Christina's like, well, how do we even get into the city? It's not like we can borrow cars. And then Tris says, well, I bet we could get Amar to take you. He told me today that he always volunteers for patrols. So he knows all the right people. And I'm sure he would agree to help Uriah and his family. Okay, so that's sorted then, but it's all a moot point. And Tobias is like, okay, well, someone should probably go and sit with Uriah and make sure that the doctor doesn't go back on his word. Okay. And he says, I'll go ask Amar. Um, I'm sure Amar will let me, let me have whatever I want because he's always been attracted to me. There's been some sexual tension between us, so I'm sure I can manipulate him. And then he says, and then we've got to figure out how I can tell Uriah's family that he got killed when I was supposed to be looking out for him. So that's a lot on Tobias's plate. And Trista's like, oh, but Tobias, we've got to go talk to Neats. And he's like, they're probably not going to let me talk to Nita anyway. Remember, because he was a part of the rebellion that was working with her even though he got let off with like no punishment. Um, but yeah, th- that's a good point. They probably wouldn't let you do that. So Tobias walks off and she's all a bit like sad and worried for Tobias, but she's like, oh, he needs to do this for Zeke. So I'll let him go through that ridiculous plan to go into the city and inoculate people. <laughs> okay. All right. And so then Christina's like, okay, let's go. Visiting hours are almost over. I'm going to go sit back with Uriah. So they go and they visit Uriah. She's looking at him in his coma and she's like, he doesn't look like him without the smile on his face. Christina's talking about how her and Uriah bonded. And Christina says, sometimes I just feel like I've lost all my friends. And Tris says, you haven't lost Kara or Tobias and you've not lost me. You'll never lose me. And Christina's like, uh-huh, thanks Tris. And so then they hug and she's thinking, oh wow, our friendship's really withstood a lot. You know, even me killing someone that she loved, you know, we, we got over that, we'll get over this. So then she tells Christina the plan about how they're going to wipe everybody's memory. And Christina's like, okay, great. You do that. I'm going to go into the city, inoculate my family, (laughs) inoculate Uriah's family, bring them back to the compound and you should stop them from resetting the experiment while we do that. And Trissa's like, of course, it's the best plan ever. It's the most exciting end game to any series. And then, okay, we have a paragraph break. And she says, I only have 10 minutes until visiting hours are over when I arrive at Nita's room. The guard looks up from his book and raises his eyebrow at me. Okay, I don't think visiting hours matter when you're visiting a criminal. I don't think visiting hours apply, whether you're 10 minutes late or 10 minutes early. And so she says to the security guard, she's like, oh, can you let me in? And he goes, um, I'm not really supposed to let people in there. And Tris says, don't worry, I'm the one who shot her. Does that count for anything? I actually think someone who 
shot someone probably shouldn't be visiting them in hospital. Like maybe the security guard should be like, no. But he goes, well, (laughs) and he shrugs and he says, as long as you promise not to shoot her again and you get out within 10 minutes. So he's more, he's more worried about going over visiting hours than the fact that she could shoot Neats again. And he just says, promise not to shoot her. He doesn't check her for weapons or anything. And she's just like, it's a deal. And then she just, she just goes in. Uh, That's a bad security guard. I'm sorry. Fire them. So she just waltzes into Nita's room and Nita's like, oh my God, what's going on? She's handcuffed to the bed. Half of her body is in like plaster. Her hair is messy and knotted, but of course she's still pretty, Tris says. Tris is so jealous of Nita and her being pretty. (laughs) She's handcuffed to a bed in a half body cast and she's pretty, she's still pretty. And Neats is like, what are you doing here? And she doesn't answer yet because she doesn't want to speak out loud. And she starts looking at the cameras and Nita goes, oh, they're not microphones. They don't really do that here. Even though the Bureau famously mic up all of the cameras in the city. So I don't know, I'd I'd maybe want to double check, but Tris, she's just like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) She just takes a word for it. She goes, good. I'm here because I need information from you. And Neitz is like, uh, I've already told them everything and I don't really want to tell you since you shot me. And she's like, oh, you're still worried about that? You're still going on about that? Get over it. And if I hadn't have shot you, I wouldn't be David's favorite person right now and I wouldn't know all the things I know. She says, we've got a plan, Matthew, Tobias and I, and it requires getting into the weapons lab. And Nita, she's like, well, too fucking bad. Like, I, I don't know how to get in there. Like, historically, I do not know how to get into the weapons lab. And Tris says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need to know what the security is like. Is David the only person who knows the passcode? And she's like, well, no, not just him, but like, he's the only person in the compound, yes. And Tris says, okay, well, what's the backup security measure? The one that's activated if you explode through the doors. And she says, oh, it's the death serum. (laughs) In aerosol form, it's practically unstoppable. More serums. We're protecting the memory serum with the death serum, even though we want to use the memory serum to prevent the death serum from being used, there's too many fucking serums and not enough of the happy serum. We know a happy serum exists. Can we get some of that going around? And Tris is like, oh my God. So they just automatically kill anyone who makes their way into that room without the passcode. And Nita's like, yes, that's what I just said. And she's like, oh, and there's no other way in except without David's code. And Nita's like, yes, that is what I just said. And Tris is like, and I guess there's no way that a GP could resist the death serum. And Nita goes, no, definitely not. No one's ever said that they could. Even though, okay, prediction time, Tris probably can resist it. And she says, well, most GPs can't resist the truth serum either, but I can. And Nita's like, well, if you want to go fucking test it out, test it out. I don't care. Nita is not keen on visiting hour. She's like, oh, I thought I had 10 minutes left of visiting hour and I got, uh, I got out of it. I avoided it. But then you came in right at the last minute. And Tris says, okay, one more question. Even if I do want to flirt with death, where would I get the explosives to break through the doors? And Nita's like, I'm not going to tell you that. And Tris says, ah, uh, bitch, if my plan goes correctly, you won't be imprisoned or executed or whatever. You'll be let out. You'll be free because no one will remember your crimes. And she's like, oh, okay, good point, good point. All right, Reggie has the explosives. Why would we not just think that Reggie, 
Her, her other friend on the fringe, on the outside, her collaborator, would be the one with the explosives. Of course Reggie's got explosives. Where do you think Nita got the explosives? Not from Terminal 5. She got them from her friend in the fringe, obviously. And Nita must have a death wish for Tris because now she's giving her all the information. She says, I'll just tell Reggie that you'll need twice as much firepower to get through those doors than any others. They're extremely sturdy. So she's actively giving hints that will lead to Tris's death. (laughs) And Tris is like, oh, thanks for the help. And she's like, cool, cool. So do you want to tell me the plan? And Tris says, well, and now she's doing the thing that David did earlier being a super secret squirrel and playing coy. She says, well, let's just say it will erase the phrase genetically damaged from everyone's vocabulary. And like, okay, it would have just been easy to say, oh, we're going to wipe their minds. But she had to say it in in that weirdly constructed sentence. And also, does she think the whole world is ruled within that bureau? You're going to need a lot more memory serum if you want to erase genetically damaged from everyone's vocabulary. And so then she leaves and she looks behind her and Nita is wearing a small smile. So Nita's totally on board with that plan, even though she doesn't know anything. Maybe she's figured it out through context clues, but Tris did not tell her what the plan is, but she's still smiling. Okay. All right. Well, let's leave it there and I'll catch up with you guys next week for more serum discussions. Oh. Serum this and serum that. Can't bloody wait. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.